2: Uh, At home tonight, taking on your Philadelphia 76ers, tipping off here in just a minute. And we're tipping off now with our NFL Eagles insider, Johnny Mack. Follow John McMullen on Twitter at JFMcMullen, phillyvoice.com, SI.com, and host of Extending the Play. Let's bring John into the picture now. John, how are we doing, my friend?
3: Doing well. That's got to be a net positive for the Raptors, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs)
2: Yes, that's uh, certainly a net positive. Um, And thank you for commenting on my tweet because I was wrong there. And just for the listeners, I put out that, uh, you know, the Sixers haven't won a road game against Toronto since 2012, but that's a regular season road game.
3: Yeah, you could argue the playoffs are more important. So I think that's, uh, that's an important that was a great series. That was the apex of the Sixers. That series, if you think about it,
2: it really was. I mean, that team. Uh, listen, you know what could have been if that quadruple doink didn't go didn't go Toronto's way, Kawhi Leonard's yeah, how, way. How
3: many doinks was that in a game seven? Was that quadruple doink?
2: I think it was at least four. It might have even been five.
3: Yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough way to lose. Game 7. But, you know, think about how close they were to the Eastern Conference Final. But then again, they were close to the Eastern Conference Finals, the one year where um, Derrick Rose got hurt, uh, Noah got hurt, when Chicago was really good. But nobody took that seriously. I, I don't know why people didn't take that seriously. It's not their fault guys got hurt.
2: Well, I was actually, I was at the game in Philly, although they weren't they weren't the higher seed, so I don't think they clinched when I was there. But I was at one of those games in Philly against that Chicago Bulls team. But wasn't that a first-round playoff series, John?
3: Yeah, that was a first-round. But ultimately, they got to, I believe, Game 7 against a really good Boston team. And... Um, uh, Lavoy Allen, of all people, I was giving Kevin Garnett headaches. Remember, Lavoy Allen?
2: <laughs> wow. Yep. That uh goes to show where that the state of that team was that year. I mean, yeah, they had like Spencer Hall's. Right, that team was a joke.
3: He was he he was great in that series. He was great. He in was. Fact, it was pretty amazing. Hey. I always remember Lavoy because. His nickname on Twitter, his his Twitter handle, not his nickname, was Broad Street Bully Something. And he was the only guy. You know, Kevin Garnett, a big part of his game was intimidating people. And he was a rookie, so he didn't know any better. And he wasn't intimidated. It's pretty amazing to watch.
2: Yeah, that was, listen, that was a hell of a series. Uh, Very entertaining. And then, you know, like you said, the quadruple doink, and now let's fast forward to this year. We'll see what the Sixers are able to do, playoff-wise, and they're tipping off right one, now.
3: One more Sixers note. Please. I know we got to get to the Eagles, but Tobias Harris has got to be an All Star before Ben Simmons. I'm sorry.
2: Before Ben,
3: year.
2: I said before That's before Ben, John. That's uh, you know, I, I don't disagree that Tobias is deserving, but I don't know ahead of Ben
3: Simmons. If there's only two All Stars on the fixtures, Tobias has got to be number two. That's my opinion.
2: Hey, I mean, this
3: season. Not saying he's a better player; saying he's having a better year.
2: Right? No, I'm. I'm with you. And uh, listen, I'm. I I wouldn't completely disagree, but I just think Ben, despite um, my love to hate on him at times, I. Certainly, think he's just like a, a lock all star this year, despite some of his struggles. But Tobias has been unbelievable. Uh, I've I've been critical of him uh, plenty of times as well.
3: Well, somebody's got to be left off. I think Booker got left off in the Western Conference, which is astonishing. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I, you, you have to make decisions, and I think Tobias Harris deserves it more this season. Again, not to say that he's a a better overall player because I don't think he is, but uh, I, I think he's having a tremendous season, and he should be honored in that type of circumstance.
2: I absolutely agree, and I think the NBA uh, system on, you know, announcing and setting the All Stars is is certainly flawed <laughs> to to say the least. I mean, Alex Caruso <laughs> yeah. was one of the lead vote getters from the fans.
3: Yeah, well, I would also like to go back. You know, I, I I I would also like to go back to Eastern Conference versus Western Conference. Just shut up and play the game, people. If your if your attention span is that low, just don't watch it. What are we? What are yeah. we got? Team what? and Team one. I can't even tell you.
2: I have no clue. I, I just saw that you know they announced the starters and they had captain next to their name. So like LeBron James is. Is the captain for the West, and I think it is East first West this year. And I don't even know who the captain is for the East. I need to maybe do some research and come prepared for that. East
3: first West, like, because I could have sworn I got a press release that said Doc Rivers clinched being the coach of Team Something or Other. I couldn't get to <laughs> it. I, I had no interest in reading it.
2: Yeah, no, I don't blame you. I don't even know. And that's that's sad. But I know that they're squeezing in the dunk contest, I want to say at halftime of the All Star game.
3: Well, I guess that, you know, in COVID rules, I guess, you can't have too many things at once, you know, you can't have a whole weekend, I guess. But who knows? Yeah. At All some right. point, we got to stop this and open things up. But that—that's another. Con- I'm going off on 75
2: tangents. Yeah, and I, and I'm joining you. All right, let's let's get it back to the Eagles. Um, <laughs> so where 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 should we start tonight, John? I mean, I saw Tim McManus post an article um, about you know, things that we've, you and I have talked about already uh, at great lengths. It was posted very early this morning on ESPN.com, just talking about the youth of Nick Sirianni's coaching staff. Uh, If you want to go that direction, if you want to update us on any of your new articles on Philly voice or SI.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I, well, me personally, we, we have talked about the youth on the coaching staff pretty extensively. Um, and, and I wrote about that on, on, on Philly Voice, I think, last week. But, uh, you know, I think the most interesting thing that happened over the past 24 hours is Chris Long having Malcolm Jenkins on this podcast. And the two of them kind of took you inside the Eagles locker room. And, you know, I'm glad Chris got Malcolm on because he based, those two basically confirmed everything I've been telling people for years. And, and it's good to get it on the record from those guys in that and Chris obviously using colorful language thing. Uh, Carson Wentz isn't in, in a, you know, what, uh, uh, but he, he has, you know, he's a little bit of an introvert. He has a, a little bit of a problem um, on, in I think in one-on-ones with people and reaching out to people. And, you know, I, I, I always have try to express to people, think about it like your own life. And there's some people you probably know that are extroverts and they you know, they're the life of the party and they walk into a room and they make friends easily and all that kind of nonsense. And I you know, from the Eagle standpoint I always say that's Brandon Graham. That's that's Brandon Graham. Everybody likes him, lights up the room. That's the type of person he is. And there's other people that are introverts and understated. And Carson's an introvert. And a lot of people take that the wrong way. Problem is, that position, by definition, demands leadership. And it's tough to be a leader when you're that much of an introvert. And those guys kind of... Explained it great, and I'm I'm glad Chris did the podcast, and glad he had Malcolm on because let's face it, those two those two guys were two of the biggest leaders in that locker room. You could argue that Malcolm was the leader in that locker room, and, and they kind of took you back to 2017, and Carson was a young player, and part of what they said is because they they had people in that locker room, and it, it wasn't only. Malcolm and and Chris Long, but even Torrey Smith and players like that, you didn't need to be a leader because they had so many strong personalities. And then as he got older and as a more of a veteran player, he didn't turn it around. He was sort of the same guy, and that rubs people the wrong way, and it shouldn't necessarily. But that's kind of what happened as far as the personality goes.
2: Yeah, and, and just to go off my life experience, like you said, in general, just apply this to, to your day-to-day life. Like if you're an introvert and you're in a leadership type of position at work and your team, so to speak, whether it's literally or just in the office, starts to question the direction of the company and the business and they're yeah. looking at you and you don't have the answers and you're not the same leader you were, you know, last last month or in the summer, whatever it is, it, it's it's it just picks up so much steam indirectly. Like it, it says so much without saying anything.
3: Yeah, and it, it 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 doesn't necessarily uh it's not necessarily right. And I, I think that's sort of the unfair part of this. Um But, I mean, people expect certain things, and if you are a leader or if you're designated a leader, um, they expect certain things out of you. And when you do keep to yourself, they sort of take that aloofness as something else, and they take it as being a you-know-what. And it's not necessarily that. It's more of a guy who's uncomfortable uh, doing that type of thing. And, you know, what they both said is he, he's a good guy, and that's what I've kind of said on this show. He is a good guy, but he just rubs people the wrong way because of the personality. And I, I don't know how you fix that because anybody who is an introvert or, or in, the, in the other end of the spectrum, anyone who's an extrovert, it's really difficult to just turn that off or – you know, turn the other end on. I, I, you know, it's almost impossible. And, you know, we've talked about people, Brandon Brooks uh, with his anxiety problem. I, I mean, this, these are things, these are the real-world issues I always talk about in NFL locker rooms that fans just don't think about. They don't care. It's a video game. It's, uh, they, don't, they don't think that's a part of it for whatever reason. And I really can't explain that aspect of it because, hey, sometimes, you know, and I always joke, sometimes you have bad days, whatever. You get in a fight with your your wife or your girlfriend or, you, um, you know, something goes wrong in your personal life. It could be just a little bit of road rage on the way to work. It ruins your day, whatever. Um there's a lot of stuff that goes on, and that's why I always try to circle back and tell people to think about things in your own life. And that's what I'm writing for Philly Voice on Thursday. Is uh, You know, and I'll use you as an example here, Ryan. Now think about the last 65 people you've had an interaction with. Now, if I went up to all 65 of those people, would every single one of them like you?
2: Absolutely not.
3: That is an NFL locker room, 53 plus 12 in a non-pandemic season. Plus, you have a few more in injured reserve, so it's actually even higher than that. I I mean, it's common sense. Everybody doesn't like everybody, unless you're Brandon Graham. Everybody likes Brandon.
2: (laughs) Right, or John (laughs) McMullen. That's far from true. (laughs) So, it's interesting you say that, and, and I agree with you a thousand percent. We talk about that all the time. I've brought it up in the past. There's 53 grown men. It's from all over, different backgrounds, different cultures, different families, everything raised on different beliefs. Not everyone's going to be holding hands and, you know, singing kumbaya, but you know, in a city like Philadelphia, should should the quarterback's personality and character traits come up in discussion before you draft them or acquire them or trade for them? Because, you know, and look at the win situation. This is a tough city to play in. You have to have, in my mind, the right character traits to be successful.
3: Yeah, I mean, it comes up. Uh, They do. I mean, typically quarterbacks are sort of extroverts. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, one of the things you're trying to get through in the pre-draft process is the fact that, leadership is a big part of that position. So in the due diligence, should the Eagles have figured that out? I, I don't know if it's possible, but again, I always talk about, and you know, in the larger sense, um, everybody talks about the entitlement of the quarterback position in this league. And it's not just Carson Wentz. It's, we've been through the names to Sean Watson, Russell Wilson, just this off season, Aaron Rodgers, just during this season, Tom Brady, so forth and so on. So I mean, everybody's got some of this, whether it's entitlement, whether it's being a horse as you know what at times. Everybody's got some of this at that particular position because sometimes you got to be, um, sometimes you got to yell at people, sometimes you got to motivate people. Everybody has different personalities, as we mentioned. So what's the difference? What's the difference between those guys and Carson Wentz? There's only one difference, and it's obvious. Those guys perform. Carson didn't perform. Carson was the same person in 2017 when he was performing, and nobody had a problem. Same exact guy. Nobody had a problem. That's the only difference. If you're not going to perform – then people are going to start bringing up these ancillary issues, which really are ancillary issues and really don't matter all that much.
2: I agree, but I would say this, and and this is just me speculating based off the you know information we, we know. I would assume, and it's human nature, this isn't a knock, I would assume Carson wasn't the same guy. Like, he's an introvert, yes, so he's... You know, he could come off maybe like a you-know-what when he's not, like all, everything you just said. But I would find it hard to believe he was able to do everything the same this past season that he did in 2017 because of everything going on around him and the team's failures and, you know, just just everything. I, I doubt he was the same guy, and, and that's okay, but that, that's a factor.
3: Well, no, by by the same guy. I mean, his personality didn't change. He was the same person. Obviously, right. the circumstances created uh, change, and and and. But I think that was all tied uh, to the performance. Uh, I mean, yeah, he got he got pissed off when he got benched and stopped talking to Doug and started texting him, which I think is immature. But nonetheless, that's part of. You know the entitlement of, of that position that I kind of talked about, and and it spun off from being benched again, the lack of performance. He was talking to Doug before he got benched. That was that was the conduit of it. So, you know, e- everything from from the standpoint of, uh, I, I you know being a very religious person. I mean, there are there are people that get. Um, Uh, that are not religious, and get uncomfortable around that kind of thing. So all of these dynamics were in that locker room, um, and and those dynamics never changed. But nobody cared when he was playing at an MVP level, for the most part. Uh, When things went off the rails, then it became, you know, then it became an issue, and... That's just the way it is. I I, I mean <laughs> uh we we everyone always jokes in the NFL that winning cures every single ill. Same thing on a on a more personal level with a player. If you play well and and we see it with with you know, high profile maybe personal conduct issues, you know, guys can get in trouble in this league off the field. But guess what? If they're great players, they're going to get chance after chance after chance. If they're not great players, if they're the 53rd guy on the roster, what's going to happen? They're going to get released, and that's going to be an ending. That's just that's just what the what the league is.
2: We're talking with John McMullen, our NFL Eagles insider. Follow him on Twitter at JF McMullen. All right, John, we only have about, you know, 10 minutes. Uh, so we can possibly carry this topic into tomorrow's segment, Jalen hurts or drafting a quarterback at number six, and we've touched on this already. But if I have to force you to pick one or the other just for the sake of conversation, you know, you can illustrate both pros and cons to 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 either option, but uh, you know which one do you do you lean towards?
3: I lean towards them taking a quarterback, and and again, it all depends on the evaluation. And and these snapshots, I have to do my first uh, three-round mock draft for Sports Illustrated tomorrow. So uh, I'm wrangling what to do at number six. Do I have to trade up? And it's interesting because Daniel Jeremiah came out with his uh, top 50 today. Um, and he's got Justin Fields down at 12. He's been kind of falling a little bit. That's how these things work. Uh, you know, people are nitpicking, and they're looking at him and saying, okay, I think I think somebody, somebody tweeted, and I haven't gone through the film myself, somebody tweeted he came off his first progression seven times in the entire season. Seven times in the entire season. And when he did, Bad things happen. So that lack of processing speed and people are nitpicking and they're saying, wow, maybe this guy's got some holes and he's starting to fall. But as you get closer to the draft, trust me, quarterbacks are going to get pushed up the board. They always do, Uh, especially if you're as talented as he from a skill set standpoint. He's certainly got more talent than Zach Wilson. You can can even argue he's got more physical gifts than Trevor Lawrence, although I would disagree with that. But um, ultimately, I think he's going to get pushed up the board. Ultimately, I don't think he's going to be at six because somebody's going to trade up. But right now in the snapshot we have at this point without pro days, without everybody panicking, he's falling. So right now, he would be there most likely at 6. Eagles would have to take him if he's there at 6. Have to. I mean, to me, it's not even a question. It's it's a no-brainer. You just have to. You're you're not in that position uh, a lot. And when you're in the top 10, just look at the history of quarterbacks. And, you know, everybody brings up Tom Brady at 199. Everybody brings up Russell Wilson as a third-round pick, even Drew Brees as a second-round pick. Okay, yeah, those guys exist. Now do the numbers and, and show me the typical six-round quarterback. Never mind six rounds. Show me the typical second-round quarterback. The odds are astronomically against you. The, the easiest way to get a great quarterback in this league is to be in the top ten. So if he's there, you got to take him.
2: And when you say he's only gone off his first progression seven times, i mean can't you can't you respond with well, the team was that good like you know that guy was open. Well
3: it is, but people hold that against you people for instance, even Mac Jones is a better example of that. People hold that against Mac Jones because Mac Jones's numbers are unbelievable. I mean they're phenomenal, uh, but they look at what he had at Alabama and they say well, what does it really mean? Because he's throwing to wide open receivers, they're beating, they're so much better than their opponents. What does it really mean? So that's the difficulty in sort of, you know, trying to, you know, in scouting, I mean, you're trying to project. And that just doesn't exist in the NFL. There are no Alabamas. There are are no Ohio States. Even the great teams, um, you don't have those huge open windows in the NFL. And that's why you have to sort of project these players forward. And that's why it's more difficult than people think it is.
2: Yeah. And, you know, you bring up Mac Jones and like, I hate the people that knock him because he's the quarterback for Alabama. Like, I'm not going to hold that against him. I actually think he could possibly become a, you know, a decent NFL starter, you could have a solid NFL career. I, I think he has some potential. And people say, "Well, I mean, huh, you could have played quarterback for that team," well, and it's like, "No, I couldn't."
3: Well, yeah, they do say that, and they hold it against him. It was interesting to Devontae Smith, the Heisman choking winner. A lot of people want the Eagles to pick at number six, but I don't think—I don't even think he's going. I—I think he's going after the Eagles. Um, somebody asked him, "Who's better, Tua or or Mac Jones?" and and you know, Tua was in the conversation to be a number one overall pick before he got hurt, and still ended up as a very, very high pick. And he said, "He said Mac Jones," and and wasn't even debating it. Uh, so, I, I mean, there's an example. And and by by the way, and I, I talked about this process with Fields. He's been. You know, taking some hits a little bit recently. It's been the opposite for Mac Jones. He seems to be going up the board. And people are starting to think he's going to go a lot earlier than expected. And you're going to have this back and forth as we get closer and closer. And ultimately, as I said, I think Fields is going to go probably top, top three or four. Somebody's going to trade up to get him. Uh, I do think Mac will be a first-round pick. It'll be interesting to see how high he goes. Um, but, yeah, he's gaining steam. And when you do have somebody like Devontae Smith who played with both quarterbacks and is a great receiver and he's that emphatic about it, that should tell you something.
0: Well,
2: if to get more into this conversation uh, tomorrow night at 730 with our NFL Eagles insider, John McMullen. John, we just have a couple minutes. I just want your quick thoughts on you know two stories – and first, about Big Ben, because it seems like there's some sort of unofficial confirmation that he's returning to Pittsburgh.
3: Yeah, uh, and uh, that was probably expected. I mean, they were going to have a really difficult time from a salary cap standpoint, and, and both sides. I mean, Ben was coming back from a really, really serious injury, um, had the great start, the team as a whole. And then it kind of fell off at the end, and he didn't look very good at the end when they did fall off. So uh, I think there's concerns from both sides. I don't think Ben would have had a ton of interest outside Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't think Pittsburgh can do that much because of the, the salary cap implications. And he's willing to to work with them. They're willing to work with with Ben. And you know he's meant so much to that organization. That's that's a guy who's got to. Finish his career in Pittsburgh, and um, you know if he plays as as I, I think, you know the farther you get off that surgery, in theory, the better you should feel. Um, so we'll see. Obviously, he's a declining player. There's no question about that. You bring age into it as well. But the the Steelers don't have a better option. He doesn't have a better option. So I, I mean, it makes sense that they're going to stick together.
2: And before I let you go, I just want your thoughts on uh, the Tiger Woods story, because that is uh, scary, just first and foremost, and that car is a shell of itself. And, uh, yeah, just just your thoughts on that accident.
3: Yeah, that's one that hits you you hard, and especially uh, because I got that L.A. Sheriff's Department uh, uh, press release pretty quickly and didn't give a whole lot of information on it. so you, your mind starts to, to wander and, and, and think about horrible things, about, you know, one of the only things they had in there was he had to be taken out with the jaws of life. So you're thinking, wow, this could be really, really serious as far as life-threatening. So the positive news is obviously significant leg injuries but not life-threatening. So, I I mean, it's sad. I do think it's going to obviously impact – his career pretty dramatically. He's already had so many injury issues, but, hey, man, you don't even think about that when you you know the potential of how bad it could have been, and and that's the positive part.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. He was uh, conscious, able to communicate, I guess, when police and responders arrived, so... Uh, that's a story we'll we'll all keep an eye on there. Tiger had surgery. It seems to be two broken legs, but nothing's really officially uh, been released. So, all right, John, I appreciate it, man. We'll uh, we'll do it again tomorrow night, talking more Eagles quarterback and uh, everything in between.
3: All right, thanks, Ryan. Stop yep. For the tangents.
2: <laughs> I, I love I love your tangents. Never apologize.
3: <laughs>
2: All right, buddy. <honey. laughs> Later. There he is, Johnny Mac. Uh, good stuff from him. As always, dropping knowledge. Dropping knowledge, y'all.
1: Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then